Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. But now, let me explain a few things about the prophetic, because sometimes people misunderstand the prophetic. Take your seats for a moment. People misunderstand the prophetic. And um, over the years, we have lost some few misunderstanding individuals who misunderstood the prophetic. And they thought the prophetic was weird. But what they don't know is that God is a prophetic God. Who speaks in a prophetic ways, using a prophetic language. Once you understand that, then you're at home. So, Shiptim, take, take your seats for a moment. God is a prophetic God who speaks in prophetic ways, using a prophetic language. God is a prophetic God. God is a prophetic God who speaks in prophetic ways using a prophetic language. So God does not speak Fijian. He speaks a language called the prophetic language. Neither does he speak in Greek. (laughs) Or in Tongan or Samoan. Or Malawian language. He speaks in what? Prophetic language. That's why where you find messages being given by God to people, there's always something that needs to be decoded in order to be understood. Are you hearing me? When he spoke to Abraham, he said, leave your country. Leave your kindred. Leave your father's house. And to a land that I will show you. That's a prophetic language. And then he says, you know, I'll make out of you a great nation. I'll bless you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I'll kiss everyone who kisses you. I'll bless everyone who blesses you. You know, those are what we think simple languages. Right? He says, I'll make you, you know, the numbers to grow so big like the stars. And Abraham is you know, seeing a vision. God says, no, go outside and check the stars. So he goes outside to look at the stars. He says, count them. He says, no, I can't count them. He says, that's how the, your children shall be. But you see, that's a prophetic language. Amen. Am I right? It's prophetic language. It's a prophetic language. It had to take Abraham to decode. Because by the time Abraham was dying, he, had, he didn't even have more than 12 children. He tried. Ishmael, Isaac, and then got a few more children out of Keturah. But they were not as the stars of heaven. You're not hearing what I'm saying. They were not as the stars of heaven. But God said they will be as what? Stars 
of heaven in numbers. So God is a prophetic God. Who speaks in a prophetic ways using a prophetic language? So many times people miss God because they expect God to speak their mother tongue in the way they communicate to each other in their houses. <laughs> but God is a prophetic God who speaks in prophetic ways using a prophetic language. Now let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 to <laughs> we should read up to what? Huh? We should read up to 10. Let's read 1 to 10. There's so much to read, but let's just read a, a little bit of that. Are you here? Oh, yes. Are you sure? Oh, yes. All right. One, two, three, go. Now, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Someone said, Amen. Amen. So you know the background to the story. The children of Israel are in bondage in the land of Egypt. They've been there for so many years. And then they cry unto God because things are getting tough by the day. I want you to notice that they did not cry unto Moses. They did not cry unto a man. They cried unto God. Because things were getting tough. Are you hearing me? They cry, went up to heaven to God. And God responds to the cry of the people. He responds to the cry of the people. They cried unto the Lord and God responded. Now, I want you to notice something interesting. 
interesting in this story. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them. I am, I am come down to deliver them. You see that God takes personal responsibility for the deliverance of the children of Israel. He says, I am come down to deliver them. I have seen their affliction. I have heard their cry. And I am come down to deliver them. Are you hearing me? So God responds to the cry of the children of Israel. And then he makes a trip to deliver them. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And you bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large and a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. However, there's one big problem here. The big problem that we encounter here is that God is not talking to the children of Israel. The ones who cried, God is not talking to them. I don't know whether you're hearing me. So it's like you are crying for help. Now God comes, he goes to talk to him. It doesn't make any sense. He says, I am come down to deliver you. He's talking to that one. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. Because sometimes people take God, you know, as a human being. God is not a human being. God is God, the creator God. The most high God. Jehovah, the king of kings, he has got ways of doing things. Are you hearing me? That's why God says, your ways are not my ways. Neither your thoughts my thoughts. So there is a place, a time, and a season when we need to acknowledge that God does things in a different way than we want him to do. Are you hearing me? When God is quiet, it doesn't mean that he hasn't hate you. When God is quiet, it doesn't mean that he hasn't seen what you are going through. God has seen what you are going through. God has heard your cry. God has heard your prayer. Are you hearing me? And he's cooking up an answer somewhere, somehow. Say yes. Yes. He's organizing an answer. In all that time, the children of Israel were crying unto God. And God had already responded to their cry. God already responded to what they were going through by going to look for a prophet. Are you hearing me? Are you following what I'm saying? I don't know whether you are following me at all. I've lost you already. We are following, Papa. Are you following me? Oh, yes. We need to understand that God, as powerful as he is, he uses means. Someone said means. Means. To achieve whatever he wants to do. There has to be some means somewhere, somehow. Ha. Oh, yes. Ha. Ha. God uses what? Means. 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 So in other words, you know, when you are praying to God, somewhere have an open mind that God may use a means to achieve what I'm asking God for. He may use a means. And some of the means may not fit your description of what a means must look like. Because in our understanding, if it's a means, it must be big and, you know, flamboyant. But sometimes God will bring a small boy called David to bring down a Goliath. 
and it's easy to miss. So the king missed it. His brothers missed it. They said, you are just a small boy. What are you doing here? The king says, you have no experience at all. What are you doing here? But you see, a means in the hands of God is a supernatural means. Ah, you are not hearing me. It may look useless in the eyes of the world. It may look weak in the eyes of the world. It may look like you can never achieve anything in the eyes of the world. But as long as that thing is in the hands of Jehovah God, it is empowered by the divine power of God. It can achieve anything, anytime, anywhere. Am I talking to somebody right here? Oh, say yes. Yes. Someone say means. Means. So you need to be comfortable with the idea that God uses means to achieve whatever he wants to achieve. He uses weapons to achieve what he wants to achieve. And God can use anything, anytime, anywhere. We have seen in the Bible God using the wind. We have seen in the Bible God using the weather phenomena to achieve his purposes. He is not limited by anything. He can use anything, anytime, anywhere to achieve his purposes. And one of those weapons, one of those means which God uses is called a prophet. A prophet is one of the means God uses. Oh, yes. <laughs> you are not hearing me. Oh, yes. You are not hearing me. A prophet is one of the means that God what? Uses. There's a scripture which troubles me a lot. You know, um, in the book of Numbers, God is telling Moses how to you know, bless the children of Israel. He says, you shall tell the high priest that when they say these words, I will bless the children of Israel. It troubles me a lot. Do you know why? God should just say, I bless the children of Israel, that's it. Why should he tell Moses to tell the priests to speak particular words? Over the people for God to bless the people. It troubles me a lot. It troubles me. The same story that we are seeing here in the book of Exodus. It troubles me a lot. That Moses is so many days away from Egypt. He's not even in Egypt. He's a fugitive running away from Egypt. Amen. You are not hearing me. He's minding his own business. His father has been minding his own business probably for the last 40 years. Now, God, in response to the cry of the children of Israel, he does not go to Egypt, where they are, where they are crying from. He goes to, to look for Moses. Hallelujah. Who is geographically away from the problem and locates him. Now, how does he introduce himself? He says, I am come to deliver them. All right, go then. There, there, you know, if you are using a GPS, you find yourself in a wrong location. You say, Excuse me, God, when I look at the GPS, the place you are looking for is probably 10 days away from here. It's not here. This is a wrong location. The people who are crying are 10 days away from here. Can you go in that direction? But listen to me. God says, I am come down and I want to send you to go and deliver them. In other words, God as powerful as is has to find a means to achieve what he wanted to achieve. You need to be comfortable with that idea. 
that the prayer you are praying probably God may be looking for a means to answer that prayer. You need to be comfortable with that idea. Uh, you are not hearing me. You need to be comfortable with that idea. And unfortunately, the means may not fit your description of what you think a means must look like. Some of the means may come in a dark colored chocolate, you know. Uh, I mean, um, oh, you are not hearing what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. <laughs> Some of the means may be shorter than your height. Some of the means may be taller than your height. But you see what? It, it, it doesn't matter what means God uses. What matters is you receive your deliverance. What matters is you receive your breakthrough. What matters is your life turns around. Say yes. Yes. That is what matters at the end of the day. So God went to look for Moses. And Moses had a problem. He could not speak properly. He said, God, I can't even talk nice, you know. God says, I don't care how you speak. What matters is the power of God. I will be with you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to empower you. You're going to do my signs and wonders. And by my mighty hand, you shall bring out my children out of the land of Egypt. Someone say yes. Yes. That's why when you're in a prophetic church, you receive a lot of answers to your prayers. Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? Because there's a consciousness of what I'm explaining now. There's a consciousness that when you are praying in your house, asking God for things, me, I'm praying in my house, I'm like, God, I'm here, send me. Now God begins to download your prayers into me. says, you see, this one was asking for this and this and this. Can you go and speak a word in their life? Can you go and decree and declare that it is done? And I come to and say, it is done. Like, what is it done? I said it is done. Hey! <laughs> Someone say, I receive. I receive. Brisbane, are you there? Brisbane, are you there? Powerful, powerful, powerful. Shout, it is done in Brisbane. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Wow, wow. The other Brisbane person is here. <laughs> I've got my son all the way from Brisbane. Just stand up, say hello. That's my son from Brisbane. He has been with me from the first day I went to preach in Brisbane. He was in the first meeting. And he even received a prophecy in that first meeting. That was way back in 20, 2016. It is well. Are you hearing me? Oh, Jesus Christ. I receive. Because there's a bit of naivety in the church today. Christians are a bit naive. Oh, yes. They are a bit naive. Why? They have thought, okay, we are now children of God. So, therefore, God does not need to use somebody to speak to me. I can read my Bible and understand what he says. I can pray myself and hear him talk to me. You know, it's a bit of naivety. Amen. They are a bit naive. They haven't read that God, you know, through Christ gave some to be apostles. Right. And some 
prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the what? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, building, building the body of Christ. So in other words, God is still stuck with using imperfect people to achieve his perfect goals. Say, so I receive my miracle today. I receive my miracle today. I receive. Are you following what I'm saying? So Moses goes to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel. You know the rest of the story, don't you? Oh, yes. Let's go to the book of Hosea. I don't know whether you are here. Hosea chapter 12, verse number 13. Hosea 12, verse number 13. If you are there, say amen. I want us to read together. One, two, three, go. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. One more time. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. By a prophet, the Lord. Who was the doer or the work? Who was the doer? Who was the, who was the doer or the work? Prophet. Who was the door of the work? Some are saying prophet. Some are saying who? The Lord. Now let's, let's look at the verse again. Imagine you are by yourself in your house. You are trying to figure out that verse by yourself. All five campuses we have tried to discuss, we are divided. Let's read again. One, two, three, go. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. Who brought Israel out of Egypt? <laughs> Who brought Israel out of Egypt? Okay, I think we need to close the service now. <laughs> what do you think? You're saying it's, it's a, the Lord. The Lord. The Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And your immediate half, your wife says it, the prophet. Because the prophet brought. He brought. The prophet brought. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Exodus chapter 3. I don't know whether you are here. We are here, Papa. Let's look at verse number 8. 
Are you learning something? Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. One, two, three, go. Uh, okay. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Let's start from verse number six so we get into eight so we can follow the story properly. Sorry. Are you there? All right. One, two, three, go. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey and unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Are, are we sorted now? Who came down to deliver them? God. Who came down to deliver them? The Lord says, I'm come down to deliver them. Is that clear? So the doer of the work is the Lord. The means by which he achieves whatever he's achieving is the prophet. Is that making sense? So in other words, your miracle has to work. You know, it has to be a product of some... Um, I'm trying to complementary actions between God and the means he's using to achieve the miracle. I don't know whether you're following me. Is that making sense? Oh, yes. Your miracle is a cooperation between God and the means by which he's achieving that miracle. So God says, I am come down to deliver them. But then, if you continue reading, I, I, I want to send you to go to Egypt. In other words, the invisible can never manifest until it meets something visible. Amen. The invisible needs something visible to manifest. Amen. So the invisible God who was not invisible... To the eyes of the Egyptians. To the eyes of the children of Israel. He needed something visible to interact with the visible, with the visible world. Amen. And he found it in a prophet called Moses. Amen. Are you hearing me? So like here we are now, here in this church, in this congregation. There is an invisible God among us. Oh, but yes. you see, that invisible God can only be manifested to you through a visible hand that's going to touch you today. Uh, you are not hearing what I'm talking oh, about. Yes. God is invisible to your eye. God is invisible to anything that you can try to use to see him. You cannot use a binoculars. You cannot use some scanning machine to scan him. You never see him. It takes a man with a revelation of that God who is invisible to make him visible unto you. To make him tangible unto you. To make him, you know, someone that can do something in your life today. I am not what I'm talking about. Say yes. Yes. Ah, ah. 
<laughs> That's why I keep telling you this secret. This secret, it's a big secret. This God is looking for people who have got knowledge of him. Because the only way we interact with God is by that knowledge. He is an invisible God. He challenges. No man has ever seen me. He challenges. You got the book of John chapter 1. You read that book, John chapter 1 from verse number 1, talking about, you know, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same on the beginning with the God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from God's name was John. He was sent to witness of that light, that all men might be there was not that light, but was sent to witness of the light. That was the true which had every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him. But the world knew him not. He came unto his own. His own received not. But as men as received from them, can be power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, and the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and truth among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory was the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Am I talking to someone here? And John, who bear record and God said, This was here for my sake. After me cometh the man who is prepared before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness of our son, Christ for Christ. For the law is given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Someone say yes. Yes. Are you hearing me? We hear you. When you continue reading, Jesus changes. He says what? John, John challenges. He says what? No man has ever seen God anywhere. No one. But only the begotten of the Father. It's the one who has seen him. Are you hearing me? So, in other words, it takes a man with the knowledge of Jehovah God to manifest Jehovah God to others. Are you hearing me? When you know him here, you can carry his presence, you can carry his power and manifest it to other people. Am I talking to someone right here? Say yes. Yes. In this month of March, you're going to see God walking in your midst. I receive. You're going to see Jehovah visiting your houses. I receive. You're going to experience the spiritual in your houses. I receive. Someone say yes. Yes. This is a month of prophecies. Ha. Ah. Ah. Ha. Now, most of us, what we think the prophetic is? We think the prophetic is when a prophet says, Your name is John. Hey. My name is John. Uh -uh. That's a word of knowledge. It's not the prophetic, it's a word of knowledge. The prophetic is when I can speak about your tomorrow today. And when you enter your tomorrow, you see that what I said yesterday has come to pass in your tomorrow. That one is the prophetic. Are you hearing me? The prophetic is when I can say, ah, now I'm no, I know where your life is. But listen to me. By next week, your life will shift another dimension. That is the prophetic. Why? Because I am taking you from where you are to another dimension. Am I talking to someone out here? The prophetic is when Moses can appear, take you out of your Egypt, and bring you to a promised land. Someone say yes. Yes. I receive. Now, most of us, we... We, we think the prophet is only when you, when someone is mentioning your problem, your day, you know, the day you were born. Very good. But those are words of knowledge. Amen. That's why you can meet a magician. He will tell you everything. Even under the tree at which you were conceived. <laughs> but they have no power to change your destiny. Oh, yes. 
They have no power to change your future. Oh, yes. They have no power to rewrite your story. Oh, yes. But here I'm here to make an announcement and a pronouncement that God, by the, this prophet, gonna rewrite your story. God gonna change your story. God gonna turn your life around. Someone say yes. Yes. Ah. 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 The prophetic is when you look at a sick person. And he told them that today, someone said today. Today. <laughs> hey! I receive. It doesn't matter what the devil has been doing around you. It doesn't matter what challenges you've been going through. But I'm here to prophesy to you that your life is turning around. Turn around three times. Come on, turn around three times. Let me hear a joy. Yeah. I receive. I don't know whether you are hearing me. We are hearing you, Papa. I don't know whether you are following what I'm saying. Do we have Townsville in the house? Townsville is in the house. Townsville is in the house. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm prophesying to you, Townsville. I'm prophesying to you, towns, you may be a small town, but you shall never be called a small town at all, because Jehovah God is going to do a mighty work in Townsville. God is going to move with the power in Townsville. The story of Townsville shall change you. Someone say yes! 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 Thank you, Jesus. I don't know whether you're hearing me. What is it that you want God to do for you? Lift your voice unto God. That Lord, in this month of March, have a target, have a goal. In this month of March, month of prophecies, say something. What is it that you want God to do for you? What changes do you want to see in your life? What changes do you want to see in your business? What changes do you want to see in your spiritual life? In your prayer life? What changes do you want to see in your career? What is it that you want God to do for you? Am I talking to somebody right here? Oh, yes. Am I talking to somebody right here? Oh, yes. Come on, lift up your voices and begin to pray. Just begin to pray right now. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings, and it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed, and until next time, Shalom.